and welcome to At First Glance, a podcast where we take a glance at movies, television, anime, comic books, and let you know if it's worth a second. And I'm your host, Jeremy McKinley. Today we're talking about the Demon Slayer movie, Mugen Train. So just a little FYI, this movie is not a standalone movie. It kind of takes place, it, not kind of, it actually just takes place right where season one of the show left off. So for anyone that is coming in cold, thinking that this that they can kind of learn about what's happening with these characters and the plot and stuff, cold, this is not a movie for anyone, any new viewers anyway. And if for all of y'all that watch Demon Slayer, and I'm assuming are the people listening to this review, let's get into it. So Demon Slayer Mugen Train, uh, the story literally Starts right where we left our merry band, Tanjiro, Nezuku, Zintu, and my boar-headed favorite, Inosuke. Now, the gang is tasked with investigating a stream of disappearances on said Mugen train. Uh, demon activity is suspected, hence the reason for our hero's involvement. Now, even though this is a movie, it's structured more like a three to four episode arc of the show. Uh, this fact is made very apparent in the third act, or at the end of the third act, basically, when a new character comes basically out of nowhere after the initial plot is resolved, creating what feels like a fourth act. And even though what happens is visually and emotionally spectacular, it does feel like out of place. Like It definitely doesn't feel like it has a beginning, middle, and end. It feels like it has a beginning, middle, end, and then... Let's kind of set up the next thing for the next kind of, you know, storyline, I guess. So, but, uh, and normally that would be like a stinger at the end of the credits, but no, this is just like another act basically with the movie. Uh, now the characters are, you know, you know, they're all back. Uh, they're all done well. Uh, they're all given moments to shine, but the standout with the exception of Tanjiro is, uh, Rin Goku, who, uh, is the fire-based slayer of the demon corpse. Uh, he's a good character. He's, uh, he's really fun. He's, has, he's given some really awesome stuff to do, and he's, he feels very much like All Might from My Hero Academia in terms of always kind of keeping, he just kind of, he never blinks, which is kind of funny. He always just has this, like, these giant, like, orangish yellow eyes that just kind of stare, and he's just kind of always happy. He's always kind of in, in, in optimistic spirits. And you kind of learn, learn a little bit about his past, but not really that much to really uh, attach you to his journey because he's not very he's not very emotive because it's kind of just who he is. So it's kind of really hard to get close to him. But he's definitely uh, he definitely stole the show, especially in uh, that said fourth act I mentioned earlier. Uh, the action is for the most part excellent, and the animation is especially gorgeous. Specifically, when they implement the elemental effects like water, lightning, and fire. Uh, fire, especially for when uh, Ren Goku does his thing. Uh, but they do do some CGI effects for a certain demon that really doesn't blend well together with the 2D aesthetic. Uh, and I've seen great blending of 2D and 3D and, uh, and other shows, you know, shows like uh, Voltron 
I, I, I thought did it well. Shows like Zoid did it well. So I know it can be done. It just didn't. And I guess that's that works more because the, the stuff they do with CG is more for the metallic, more for the, uh, you know, the robots and the, uh, you know, and the giant mechs. But because the CG used in this is more kind of an organic texture, it kind of just doesn't work for me when I see something like, you know, flat organic texture, or like CG organic texture next to like 2D flat uh, organic texture. It just doesn't seem to really work for me and it doesn't work here for me. So I got to mark that against the film. Uh, there's an element to the story involving dreams that I found to be a bit boring for me, and uh, it really slowed the pacing. Uh, Tanjiro has the only real dream of real consequence, but it involves him getting past something he's already kind of made peace with in the show, so it kind of feels redundant. Uh, the other characters have dreams too, but they're kind of more kind of comedically based. Uh, there's also a point where our heroes, and this is kind of in the, within the same vein as the dreams, uh, our heroes are placed in a very vulnerable state, and the villain never really capitalizes on it. Like, he has an opening to just kind of kill our heroes, and he doesn't. He kind of, I mean, he, he, he kind of just falls into that syndrome trap of wanting to just talk a lot. Uh, and I feel like this this scene could have had great tension where you're like, these guys got to wake up before something happens. But that something never really, never really gets there. Like, I, I guess it's like, imagine a bomb that's going to go off, but our heroes, but the bomb has so much time on the clock, you're never really worried that it, our heroes are going to not get to it in time. All in all, this was a decent film with a, a very strong conclusion. I don't want to spoil it, but it has a very strong conclusion. Uh, some scenes got a bit too melodramatic for me with the speeches, and it definitely could have been like 10 minutes shorter. But if you're a fan of the show like I am, and I absolutely love this show, uh, you're probably going to have a good time. And I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10. Thank you for joining me at First Glance. You can follow us on the Podbean and you can find us on the podcast app. And until next time, thank you for joining me.